All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour. This is the Sean Hannity Show on a Friday, 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to join us. Um, I've been telling you there was a discussion, and it looks like the truckers are beginning to win the battle in Canada, and hopefully it will extend to the U.S., and they've had a lot of U.S. support, a lot of solidarity from the trucking community and many Americans as well, and, and certainly the people of Canada have stepped up and supported the truckers incredibly um, and, you know, it's amazing. Oh, GoFundMe, they can't release the funds yet. Oh, and Facebook taking down, of course, being the censors. I'm so glad that idiot lost 200, the company, what did they lose? $250 billion in a day. Uh, but putting that aside, um, but then the Ottawa police chief said that they may have to bring in the military. I played that yesterday. Now he's saying they may have to prosecute any officer that dares to provide any support to Canadian truckers. And most of the cops are supporting the truckers. I mean, it's unreal. Listen. There is no facilitation of food, water, fuel, logistics, or funding by any member of this police service or any other police service that I am aware of. Let me repeat. There is no supply of food, water, fuel, logistics, or anything else that relates to enabling this demonstration by any member of the Ottawa Police Service or any other police service that I am aware of. Should that information come to me, you can be clear, as Chief of Police in this service, I will conduct a full investigation. I will use the full extent of the Police Service Act and, if relevant, the criminal code to pursue charges against such a member who would do that. Oh, wow. So first it's the military. Now we're going to go after cops and prosecute cops because they support a peaceful protest of truckers. They, you know, in their spare time, they they like they they do playing street hockey. I mean, um, but anyway, then you have, of course, the idiot prime minister, Justin Trudeau. I have attended protests and rallies in the past uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric, violence towards fellow citizens, uh, and a disrespect uh, not just of science, but of uh, the frontline health workers and, quite frankly, the 90% of truckers who have been doing the right thing to keep Canadians safe, to put food on our tables. Oh, my gosh. Now, if he had any any leadership ability and skills, he would get off his ass and go meet with the truckers. Why didn't he go to the convoy instead of lashing out, calling people names? Anyway, um, it looks like the truckers are in the process of winning if they can hold out a little bit longer. Now, we know, here's a headline from the Canadian press, Alberta, Saskatchewan, take a lead in signaling moves to end COVID restrictions. Canada's chief public health officer says provinces are going to have to find a balance between containing the virus with public health measures and returning to a sense of normalcy as the Omicron wave continues to crest. 
Several provinces have signaled their intention to do away with some, if not all, of the remaining COVID-19 health restrictions. Alberta's premier says his government will announce next week a date to end Alberta's COVID-19 vaccine passport, as well as a phased approach to ending almost all COVID-19 health restrictions. Same with Saskatchewan. Their premier, Scott Moe, says he's committed to ending all COVID-19 restrictions. Oh, you would think that, um, hmm, maybe Justin isn't winning here. Because without truckers, the government never would have removed any restrictions. That's how important truckers are to all of us in our everyday lives. And it doesn't matter what country you're from. So it looks like, and this is pretty interesting, that, okay, early next week, COVID cabinet committee will approve a plan lifting restrictions, starting with the, with the restrictions exemption program. Now, but my advice to the truckers, not that these guys are going to listen to me, although I support them completely. They've been totally peaceful. Uh, the allegations by the prime minister have been just a bunch of crap, um, is that until I hear from Trudeau, I don't think I'd give up yet. I'd stay there a little longer to this is totally one. Anyway, joining us now is Brian Brazi, is the organizer of the People's Convoy, the American counterpart to the Canadian Freedom Convoy. Uh, he, by the way, is in his truck right now. And Jason LaFosse is with us, and he's the Northern Ontario uh, organizer for the Freedom Convoy in Canada. Uh, Jason, uh, what do you make of this new news? It sounds to me like you guys are winning. Well, it seems like we're winning. Um but uh, the Ottawa police have, right now I'm down at Confederation Park, and uh, there we have a we have about 15 police officers down here who are uh, basically asking us to take down the, the kitchen that we that we put up so that we can feed the homeless and feed everybody here, right? So the Ottawa police chief doesn't realize that his officers are actually helping us a lot more than he thinks. Oh, that's I, I've heard they like telling you guys quietly, guys, we don't want to we don't want to interfere. We're, we're on your side. That's what I, I've, I've heard that from a number yeah. of people. You're confirming that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like even today, I spoke to a couple officers and basically their liaison team is telling us they're saying, look, it, we don't want any any confrontations. We're tired of this, too. Uh, and, and they support us. So, I mean, if they weren't supporting us. Uh, we, we, you know, we would have had arrests. We would have had all this stuff done. But Jay- Jason, happening. they were talking about the Ottawa police chief was talking about bringing in the freaking military. Oh yeah, and that's not going to happen because uh, apparently we've had military personnel show up down here, and we've spoken to them. Some of them are sergeants. Some of them are are actually officers. And they said if the uh, government decides to enact any kind of uh, War Measures Act, or which which we don't have anymore, but if they try to enact anything to, act, to use the military, uh, they will put down their arms and stand with us. I have never seen so far, now maybe I'm wrong, maybe it happened and I missed it, but I've not seen any violence at all whatsoever. Is that still the case? That's still the case. The only thing that we're, we're having right now that is uh, agitators. So yesterday, I went for a walk up onto the hill, and we have a lady here in Canada who's She's a self-proclaimed queen of Canada, and she was burning the flag at Capitol Hill, which is a crime. It's a federal crime in Canada. And the provincial uh, parliamentary, or sorry, the parliamentary police services stood there, did nothing. The Ottawa police stood there, did nothing. And this is a federal crime. Let me let me remind you that. So when I took a walk, like I walked away because I was disgusted. I don't believe in burning any flag. I'm very patriotic, and uh, I'm walking away, and. Her, she has like a, a Winnebago with her entourage, and they were protected by the Ottawa police. 
Wow, what a, I, yeah. uh, unbelievable! You know, I will yeah. tell you, I, I could, I can even sing the Canadian national anthem. I've watched so many hockey games in my life. I'm, I'm a big <laughs> hockey fan, and I played hockey all my life um, when I was growing up. Uh, let me go to Brian. Brian, good to have you back, buddy. Hope you're doing well. You're kind of the American counterpart, and American truckers have been standing in solidarity. Many have crossed the border to even even be there with the Canadian truckers. Um, tell us about what's going on with your movement and, of course, the convoy that I understand will start in California and make its way to D.C. Yeah, so uh, first let me just say to the anybody in Canada listening and, and the Canadian organizers, we have your back. Hang in there. Um, you know, we, we're, we, we got you. We're coming, too. We, we will be there for you 100%. Don't give in. Um, you know, other other countries are already giving in on their, their – uh, their mandates because of similar situations as right now. Um, our convoy, yeah, we'll be starting out in uh, California and heading to D.C. Um, it's coming up very soon. Uh, there has been uh, some confusions or other groups out there saying things, but um, it's just a very fluid situation. we got a lot of people coming on board. Um, like right now, I'm happy to announce for the first time on your show, if you're ready for some, some breaking news. We are welcoming on um, the Freedom Fighter Nation. FreedomFighterNation.org is jumping on with uh, with a full team of support behind them, and and we're looking forward to to working uh, with that group. But with that comes in a lot of resources and supplies, and and things are coming to support us to to help us get this going on, which does cause a little bit of uh, fluctuation. And like I've been saying from day one, this is a very fluid situation, building fast. All right, quick break. We'll uh, come back more with Brian Brazi and Jason Lafosse on the other side. Come on, man. It's taken me 47 years to perfect doing nothing. I had to become president to show you I could do that better than anybody. Joe Biden, the most dangerous man in America. This is the Sean Hannity Show. I right, 25 now to the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, all right. So the Olympics started. By the way. Yeah, it's so dumb. What is there, a 14-hour difference? Didn't the opening ceremonies already occur, Linda? Yep. Okay, and so NBC hasn't figured out that most people that want to watch this stuff, it's not. I'm not boycotting, I just have no interest in it, except, you know, very few sporting events. Everybody in America is going to know the results before the air. So that's a problem. But here's what's really worse about this. And this goes to the International Olympic Committee and the countries that they pick like Russia and China, and they ignore all the human rights abuses. You know, you had Chinese thought police. They stopped a live TV report on the Olympics by a Dutch broadcaster. That's what they did. Then you have, as the Olympics begin, Beijing projects shared future of undisputed Chinese power. Oh, you know, Rush, here's a headline from the New York Post. Russia and China push back against the U.S. in a pre-Olympic summit. They want to show the world they're joined at the hip. And by the way, they're both enabling and partnering with Iran in their pursuit of a nuclear weapon. That's not a good thing for the world. I want to play, actually, there was a good segment when they kicked off the Olympic coverage citing China's genocide. And 
you know, the place where COVID began. I was a little surprised. The nation where COVID began has treated the pandemic differently from the rest of the world. Its zero tolerance COVID policy has made getting here and putting on the games incredibly challenging for everyone involved. Now, the Olympic host city and nation are traditionally celebrated. While that might be the case for some in the world, it is not for many of you watching back home. As an undeniably emerging superpower and force, China is under worldwide scrutiny with the global focus of the Olympic Games returning to a country that has undergone a rapid rise in the 14 years between the Summer Games of 2008 and these Winter Games. Everything and everyone attached to these games is facing questions. The hosts, the guests, the IOC, the sponsors, media, and athletes. The United States government is not here. A diplomatic boycott announced this fall, joined by Canada, Great Britain, and Australia, citing China's human rights record and the U.S. government's declaration that the Chinese Communist Party is guilty of committing genocide on the Uyghur Muslim population in western Xinjiang region. That's a charge that China denies. Then the worst part of all, Nancy Pelosi urging athletes, no, no, don't, don't say anything bad while you're there. Uh, uh, um, we're worried what, what might happen to you. Are you kidding me? We're going to change who we are and give in to uh, that oppressive regime, that dictatorial regime, that murdering regime? Are you, I, 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 I was stunned. Forget the land of the free and the home of the brave and liberty and freedom and justice for all. Wow. Peter Schweitzer's back with us. He knows more about China and corruption of Americans doing business in China than anyone else. Very, very happy and so glad that his new book uh, that is entitled Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Sir, uh, debuting number one on the New York Times bestseller list. I told you we have you back often because there's too much to tell Um, through the prism of this Olympics. And then Nancy Pelosi's comments and how stupid this diplomatic boycott is. It's meaningless to anybody. Um, What is your reaction? Well, Sean, it's great to be with you. And uh, we're number one uh, because of a lot of help from you. So thank you. Um, And, yeah, I think the Nancy Pelosi comment signifies uh, what the establishment and the elites got profoundly wrong. They've said for 30 years, Sean, if we give China access to our financial system, the technology, we openly trade with them, they're going to become more like us. That hasn't happened. They're more repressive than they've ever been. What is happening, though, is we're becoming more like them. We're starting to censor ourselves, and it's an enormous problem. And it's not that the average American wants that. It's that these elites like Nancy Pelosi that have financial deals in China uh, want us uh, to censor what we're saying about China. And uh, enough's enough. We need to stop doing it. It's pretty unbelievable. Now, um, as I pour through the pages of your book, um, and I know we've spent a lot of time on Hunter Biden and the Bidens. They're the worst of the bunch, correct? Yes, absolutely. Especially because it's tied, the deals are all tied to Chinese intelligence. And he's now president of the United States. Huge, huge, huge national security problem that we need to get to the bottom of. So my question to you is, who are the other people? Because there's a lot of people that you mentioned in the book. And and why is it that people are just willing to overlook this the, the human rights atrocities or the Uyghurs, for example, or the territorial ambitions towards Taiwan or the crackdown in Hong Kong or COVID-19 and the lies about the origins of the coronavirus? 
Oh, it's a great question, Sean. I think part of it with a lot of politicians like Nancy Pelosi is it's motivated by money. Uh, they want money. But then when you look at some of the big titans in, in Silicon Valley, guys like Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates, I mean, they got $100 billion or more. You wonder what their motivation is. Mark Zuckerberg, I think, would be one of the worst, the founders of Facebook. As I recount in the book, um, a couple of stories. In one case, he meets President G, and Zuckerberg's wife is pre- uh, is pregnant, and he goes to President G and asks him to provide a name for his child, which G obviously sees as so over the top, he declines to do it. But it shows the extent to which he's willing to suck up. In another instance, the lead propagandist for the Chinese Communist Party visits Facebook headquarters. Zuckerberg gives him a tour. They then go to Zuckerberg's office. The chief propagandist sits in Zuckerberg's chair, and he notices a book sitting on the desk, and he pulls it over, and it's a book of the collected speeches of President Xi of China. And he turns to Zuckerberg and says, oh, why do you have this? And Zuckerberg says, I'm reading it. I also bought copies for all my senior managers because I want them to understand socialism with Chinese characteristics. This is I couldn't be any happier. How much, Linda, what's the final number? What, is, what was Facebook down yesterday and today? $250 billion yeah. or something? It's close to $250 billion. It's a wonderful yeah. thing. Gee, sorry, Mark. Um, uh, and his net know- worth is down $31 billion. He's now oh. the 10th wealthiest person. Oh, so sorry to hear. He still has. <laughs> he started out at I think ninety billion, so that's like a third of his his earnings. And I'll tell you, I'm I'm not sure they're going to be able to turn that ship around the way they might think. We'll have to wait and see. What I don't I don't know, Peter. This this bewilders me because the the bottom line is okay. They're a capitalist. They'll compromise. They'll look the other way. They don't care about human rights atrocities. The, a repressive regime like like communist China. Um, yep. And that a government, they hold so much of our government debt. Okay, they, they don't seem to care. And yeah, I guess I guess what stuns me though is that we have a president of the United States whose family we've now proven there's there's no ambiguity here. The evidence is overwhelming and incontrovertible that they have profited off this relationship, traded off their name and are fully and completely compromised by China, Russia, Ukraine, and others. And nobody seems to want to do a thing about it. And you know if the last name was Trump, there'd be a very different reaction. So what do we do? Well, I think the first thing is we hope that the Republicans retake the House and the Senate, um, because then you've got people like Congressman Jim Jordan, who will have subpoena power, and he can pull these people onto Capitol Hill. But it's a, a, a hugely bewildering situation, Sean. I mean, you mentioned Trump. You know, you and I are both old enough to remember the Cold War. And just imagine if Jimmy Carter's family or Ronald Reagan's family was doing deals with Russian businessmen who were linked to the KGB. I mean, there'd be sirens going off on the Washington, D.C. mall. And yet that's precisely what you have with the Biden, some $31 million. They got these deals. Every single one of those deals traces back to a Chinese uh, businessman who has links to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence, meaning the vice minister for state security, the former minister of state security, you can't make this stuff up. And, you know, the only position that, that defenders of the Bidens can claim is that somehow 
this is a weird coincidence. I mean, it's absurd. It's absurd. This is a classic opportunity that the Chinese created to put leverage on the Biden family. They have leverage on this family, and they are getting exactly from this administration what they want. So the, so the bottom line is there's no doubt that they're compromised. When you look yeah. at others that are, are literally, because the title of your book says it all, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Now, I would argue that giving Vladimir Putin a waiver uh, for his pipeline while simultaneously canceling high-paying career jobs on the Keystone XL pipeline speaks volumes about Joe Biden and China. And, of course, we know Hunter made a fortune with a Russian oligarch. So... Now the question is, who are the other people that are profiting the most and maybe, you know, have ethical issues surrounding all of this? Because I suspect if you're a Republican and you're doing it, you're going to be in deep trouble. Well, I think you're right. I do think that there there seem to be different attitudes within the parties, the political parties about China. Uh, if you look at Capitol Hill, I have a whole chapter on it. Uh, you've got Nancy Pelosi's family uh, with financial ties in China, and it really led her to switch her views. She used to be pretty hostile to the, the dictatorial regime. That's changed. If you look over in the Senate, uh, you've got Mitch McConnell, and you've also got Senator Dianne Feinstein, who was the the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, and Sean, at the same time, her husband was business partners with a Chinese computer company that sold computers to the United States Marine Corps that the Marines, of course, found out was completely bugged by Chinese intelligence. So that's the level you, of you, penetration. How do you not have. know that? You know, when we were yeah. in, I guess it was Singapore. Remember, we got the Linda, you were there. James, Uncle James, you were there. And when we went there, um, I was warned repeatedly that I would be likely followed. Uh, I yep. was warned that I'd be spied on. I was warned yep. not to even turn, do, do not bring my personal phone with me. I was given yep. a different phone every single day. And yep. I was told every time I walk into a hotel or a restaurant that Chinese intelligence would be in the room Act like acting like the waiters or whatever, and and watching every move we make. I mean, Absolutely. are they really that sophisticated, or were people paranoid that were telling me this? No, that's that's absolutely correct. And you would be a prime target uh, because of your reach. Um, they would want to get you because of the influence you have in the national conversation. And I'm sure that you you followed those rules. You didn't do anything foolish. Contrast that with Hunter Biden. He he he. Uh, sets up these deals with these Chinese businessmen linked to Chinese intelligence. Uh, and then he goes to the Secret Service, and this has been confirmed by the Secret Service, and he tells them in the summer of 2014, I don't want you traveling with me when I visit China. Now, <laughs> why on wow. earth, knowing the threat that you just talked about, that certainly the son of the sitting vice president would face any well, even, prominent businessman. Yeah, but even Libya knew he was a crack addict and, and liked, yeah. let's say, women of the evening. I'm being polite. Um, yeah. So I can only imagine the dossier that China has. I mean, the whole family's compromised. And and, yeah, and, li and li listen, it got so bad, Peter, my room was swept every day. Yeah. And yeah. I don't remember if it was Helsinki or Singapore, but on one occasion, something was found. Yeah. I forget where. We Linda, do you remember where? That was in Finland. Okay. Helsinki. Yeah, we were in Finland, and they were sweeping all the rooms, and we found them in the rooms. No, no. They found it in my room. 
<laughs> no, but I'm saying like we like yeah. me and Sarah Carter came back to our rooms and people were still in there. Right. And then when they would after they swept the room, then they would put, you know, certain tapes and, and positions to make sure that nobody snuck in. I mean, it's it's it's, it's like insane. a spy novel. It's insane. Um, yeah. I want nothing to do with these countries. I, I you know what? They're hostile regimes, hostile enemies. You're not hostile. You're exposing it all. Congratulations. Now a number one New York Times bestseller, Peter Schweitzer, red-handed, how American elites get rich helping China win. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. This is a must-read. It's very important that Americans know how corrupt some of these people are. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, set your DVR, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. We're going to have the very latest on this trucker convoy, all the lies of and misinformation as it relates to COVID with Dr. Ram Paul. We have Janine Pirro on tonight. Tammy Bruce will join us. Joe Concha. Cash Patel went before the January 6th committee. You have this Democratic Virginia lawmaker excluded from the Black Caucus. He's going to join us. Uh, what's going on here? Anyway, news you'll never get for the media mob. Set your DVR. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern Fox. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Back here on Monday. And thank you for making this show possible.